think I was in love once. Really? What was her name? I don't remember. That's not a good start, but, but keep going. She was Brazilian. Or Chinese, or something weird. I met her in the bathroom of a Kmart, and we made out for hours. And then we parted ways, never to see each other again. I'm pretty sure that's not love. Gun damn it! Welcome, gang, to another episode of Gundam at MAHQ. <laughs> and uh, this is episode 53. Again, it is um, Neo and myself. So it's Chris Free. Free. Oh, oh, my God. Woo-hoo. Somehow I have a feeling he'll be back. Oh. <laughs> but it's... It, I'm, I'm I got here. a feeling Troll will be back with a, like a European accent. Oh, say it isn't so... Oh. <laughs> I kind of miss Troll, though. Troll has been chilling, chilling under bridges in um, Germany. Waiting for Chris to sabotage his trip. <laughs> I can't wait to hear that. I can't wait how um, to hear how they duked it out, man. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. They Chris probably sat back. in one of those beer halls drinking big brews together. Oh man, I know Chris. They probably know. became best of friends. <laughs> We're both probably out of this <laughs> show. Oh, 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 oh man! Oops. Well done. <laughs> Freudian slip. <laughs> I know Chris has got some beer stories, and uh, I'll be glad to hear them when uh, <laughs> the next time he's on the show. But um, sorry, kitties. <laughs> <laughs> this is Sober Review, and I'm also here with uh, Neo. And um, in this ne- episode- Neo, the swearing sailor at this point. <laughs> Jeez. I'm usually so careful with my words. Hey, man, it happens. It happens. It's another reason for the Street Fighter audio library exactly. to, come in to come into play. And I'm sure, there'll be, I'm sure there'll be a show show or a Hadouken somewhere in there. Yeah, exactly. Please. But um, <laughs> well, somebody's mom yelling at me. Woo! In this um, in this episode, um, our first subject is our um, take on a animated classic from the '80s. Um, it is Transformers the movie from 1986. We finally give our opinions on that, and in the second segment, we both Neo and I um, talk about some of our favorite favorite fights and conflicts from top five. Uh, the top five fights and conflicts in in our book um, in the Gundam franchise. But um, before we get into all that action, um, Neo, Do you have your belt of many things. What's that? Do you have your belt of many things oh, for man, this my, episode? My utility belt, man. No, your belt of many things. My belt of many things. Utility belt was for Batman, but oh. the belt of many things was for, for James May. Since you are the, <laughs> since you are the James May of, uh, <laughs> I have uh, my of, belt of Gundam. And that's for all our uh, English and uh, you know European listeners loving <laughs> us. Uh, we're wait, we're we're eagerly waiting the season fifteen. In June of Top, of Gear? Top Gear. Oh man, man, oh, my God. my belt of milk toast. <laughs> Your belt of many things. Remember, James had his belt of many things. He does. He does, man. And then he, he fell off. Fell trying to go up the thing. I got all my. Thing. I got all my spanners in 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 in, in order. And um, before we go on, 
I pass the mic to uh, Neil for his news. Yes. No news is good news. <laughs> and, you know, just got a few couple of articles here, and I always appreciate all the guys that take their time out to uh, send me news articles on the news, listener-submitted news thread on the Gundam uh, forum in the, ne- in the Mecha Talk arena. So, uh, but the first one here is, this is from Furious Rodimus. And Solro was actually telling me this before we were recording. And this is great news for everybody that's on Facebook. Oh, and there's going to be now a Gundam Wing social app on there. And this is going to be in conjunction with Bandai and Crunchyroll. They've announced a uh, kind of a broad marketing initiative centered around um, Gundam, of course. And they're going to be dealing with uh, Gundam Wing. And it's going to be available on Facebook, and you're going to be able to, you know, view some of the episodes and a lot of interactive stuff. So nice. If you want to be able to get on that, all you got to go to is uh, http colon uh, backslash or forward slash forward slash apps dot facebook dot com forward slash Gundam wing under Gundam underscore wing forward slash. So if you didn't get that. Just go to the newest listener submitted news article site, and you'll see that. Just look under Mr. Furious Rodimus to see the link there. So uh, oh. definitely enjoy um, you know that information. So thank you, Mr. Furious Rodimus. Hey, that's pretty. And that's pretty awesome. Even though too. even though Solbro hated you in the Transformers movie, <laughs> I thought you were okay. <laughs> I thought you were okay. You know, uh, skids a mud flap, but you're pretty damn good. I tell you what, that is pretty awesome news. It looks like um, Bandai is looking to. Um, to to get to get Gundam back into the 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 public uh I guess the public uh pop culture um consciousness back again and what a, no better way than to do it through um something else that's in the pop culture consciousness which is Facebook man I, I hope it goes well I already um added it as an app on did mine. you I awesome. did well, I was on Facebook I would add it too but hey. I'm not hey Gundam is and Gundam well it has it added too so that's at least we got two things there but maybe maybe some of my shell companies under different names <laughs> might add it. <laughs> Because I am the the, uh, the the global pimp when it comes to that stuff. Thank you, Mr. Moneybags. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Um, my next um, article here is from a longtime submitter, Wielder. And this is from the Anime News Network. And I can't speak for Chris, but I'm all a flutter on this one. I am happier than a redheaded guy in the Imperial Army. <laughs> and that is, oh, this yeah. is courtesy of the Anime News Network. And there is now a Legend of the Galactic Heroes global net game that's been licensed. So I am uber, uber happy. What? Sig yeah. Kaiser Reinhardt. <laughs> it's been announced. The Japanese online company Game On announced uh, that it's licensing the global rights to Yoshi Tanaka's global Legend of the Galactic Hero. Why could I do the Japanese and I screwed up the English? <laughs> What is that? Uh, Legend of Galactic Heroes novel series into a browser-based online game. It's going to follow the conflict between the Galactic Empire and the Free Planets Alliance, Mm -hmm. as well as the personal stories of Imperial Admiral Reinhard von Lohengram and the Alliance's Yang Yang Wenli. And uh, it's not only going to be licensed in Japan, but throughout the world. So Man, that is awesome. Yeah, it's really, really cool. So Watch the United States be the only place that don't get it. I said throughout the world, though. I certainly hope we We're, do. I mean, uh, last time I checked, the U.S. is part of the world. Part of the world, man. In some ways, we are the world. Woo! <laughs> Get her done. Man. But um, you know, we will definitely keep going on that because, as you know, um, even though Soulbro hasn't seen Legend of Galactic Heroes, it's one of his favorites too. 
Oh, it, you know, it, 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 I'm sure it would. Eventually, be. one of these days, he'll see it and I he'll will. give us the thing. But he likes it too because this is a Gundam favorite, and we will give you definitely <laughs> more updates when this comes up because um, maybe we'll ha- if you can uh, form like guilds and stuff, we can mm. have our own guild. Dude, it's space opera, man. I'm oh, already there. Dude, it's I'm already the junk, there, man. So I definitely thank <laughs> Mr. Welder for his submission there. That is MMO outplay. And once again, if you have not been able to see Legend of Galactic Heroes, the o- the 110 episode OVA, well, don't fret because it's 110 te- episodes because it's all out there. Watch it. You guys sit there and you watch your One Piece and your Bleach and your all the, all your other stuff. You Heck go yeah. through 200 episodes of that. You'll have no problem with this. If you ran through Dragon Ball Z, you can run through this. Hey, don't crap. Don't say. Oh, no, oh, I'm oh, just saying. I'm just um, saying. Watch your mouth about Dragon Ball Z. I'm just encouraging them. If they could, if they if they okay. went through all the DBZ, I'm just this saying. is this is a cakewalk. <laughs> I, I get I get a little I get a little quick. You get a little, trigger get when a little, it comes to uh, Dragon Ball Z. You get a little defensive. You know my, yes, you know my love for Dragon Ball Z. Well, there so. you go. Well, rest assured, I I still respect it. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> And uh, the last uh, article that we have here, we're only going to have three today, and this is courtesy of the Anime News Network, and this is from one of our posters, JCN Bell Castle 76, and uh, Chris is, or uh, actually Solbro will love this. Ho oh, ho! Um, I can't speak for Chris, and I'm kind of like me. I'm like I'm like Hugh in the Boondocks. I'm like eh. Um <laughs> But uh, there's an Evangelion race team. What? And they have co- uh, they have plug suit cosplay. What? Yes, the if if it couldn't be hoard out more, Evangelion is being hoard out for the Evangelion RT dash zero one APR Corolla team in the Super GT three hundred class Grand Touring Championship. Oh, I thought I'd seen them at Monaco, man. What a, man? Oh, uh, no, the, they're not in F one. What? No, the F, the FIA <laughs> has a little more class than that. Oh man, I thought Mikey Shu would be driving that car, man. Talk on it. Dog on a Michael Schumacher. <laughs> Why would you even say that? Hey, He's German. <laughs> He's not going to drive that. The Maybe... greatest racer for the greatest anime of all time. I'm just saying. <laughs> Continue. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just... Mr. Schumacher, if you're listening, I apologize for you being, you know, your career being coinciding with Evangelion because oh. uh, that was very offensive that Soul Bro said. I, I didn't mean to do it all over F1. Yeah. I'm sorry, F1. <laughs> Collectively, you're the the greatest racing sport of all time. I I, I sit corrected. <laughs> There's only two racers you need to worry about. It's him and Dale Sr. <laughs> the intimidator, huh? <laughs> hey, man, I saw him in ESPN the magazine today. Oh, I was excited. He's been dead for like 90 years. And I'm like, I'm like, but his mustache still looked good. Hey. <laughs> So, but back to the, mm. back to this, Man. um, and it's, it's homage of the unit one. It's of course, uh, painted in that purple and, uh, the unit, the uniforms of drivers, Kyoki Saga and Kiyosuke Masura mm-hmm. were patterned after the plug suits of, um, of uh, main character Shinji Akari. I hope they won. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then they had, um, <laughs> and then they had some race queens, quote unquote, uh, who her outfits were uh, inspired by the characters Ray and Oscar. But I never, I never saw, I never um, remembered Ray and Oscar wearing in the plug suit a halter top and a miniskirt. Oh, what, what, uh, what version of Ava is that? Is that the original 2.0, 2.3, Super Samoan version? Super, I'd have to go the with the Irish, Super Samoan. 
the the Irish European remake. <laughs> you know the the William Wallace remake. <laughs> The James Cameron remake? I mean, what the heck? What version is this? The Funk Master Flex remix. <laughs> but um, maybe that one. It, it also should be noted that last year that these guys, uh, the same race team, wore Buzz Lightsuit, a Buzz Lightyear uniforms last year. Oh. Of course, loosely based off of Toy Story. So, Get out of town. Rich, that juggernaut's about to come out in a few months, too, and in Toy Story 3. So, um, I was about to drop millions in the Disney bank account. Exactly. <laughs> so they can start pumping out some of those awesome marvel things like nice like um like uh um what's his face iron fist iron, the, the iron fist movie even though it probably suck it needs, um it needs to come out yeah <laughs> mr fantastic just by himself the mr fantastic porno um but i just want to thank all the guys for their great submissions and um just always want to encourage everybody you know just keep going we'll plug away and um I will get back to Solbro so he can get us on to our first topic here. As you know, since Chris is not here, there's going to be no mailbag. So, oh. you know, next episode, I'm sure the mailbag is going to be very, very heavy <laughs> for Chris. So well overdue. So keep and this- and like it's and like and with that, just remember if <laughs> since he hasn't done anything in a while, doesn't mean that you can stop. You know, just keep yeah. submitting it. He's going to burn through it. So. You know, just keep keep your submissions there. So, but back to Solbro. All right, actually, before we um, close out this segment, um, I'd like to also uh, thank uh, one of our listeners and and regular uh, poster at MechaTalk.net, the official forums for MAHQ and Gundam. Um, one of our listeners, Amaro Ray of V, who's uh, that's in his posted name up on um, MechaTalk. Is, um, is it V or five? Um, you know what? It, it, take it as you will. Your mileage may vary. Well, it, it's funny because I think I was crapped on for saying it was, it was supposed to be. I said V, and they, everybody told me it was five. So, are you going to get the same hell that I received? I should. I should. I'm pretty sure I will. Everyone, <laughs> give your a hell to Solbro. VR five. Uh, he, he's actually uh, in reality the host of the Solar Wave Radio podcast. Sorry, Solar Wave Radio Wave podcast. Uh, a great podcast following the Taco Dumb in general, and. Um, his name on the show is Dolo Relance. Um, he actually uh, invited me to be a co-host in an upcoming episode of his show. And um, Don't do it, Dolo. <laughs> I'd like to thank him for the topic suggestion in episode 52 for Gundam, the, Gundam the Origin. And um, Oh, he, is that the one that we forgot to include Chris on? Oh, he was so oh, angry about it. He was a little heated. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> but um, you can check out his um, podcast. I blamed you, you know. What's that? I blamed you. Oh, of course. Of and course. he said... As Solbro, one of these days, I'll get him. <laughs> one of these days, too. One of these days, I will get Solbro. <laughs> and he twirled his, his mustache. And he shook his fist. With he shook his fist and, and twirled his mustache at the end. With viscosity. But um, you can check out Dalo's um, Solar Radio Wave Podcast at solarradiowavepodcast.blogspot.com. It's an excellent show, and um, Chris has been on there in a previous episode, I believe episode four. And um, go ahead and check it out. After you When's my invitation us. coming? Oh, I'm sure you will be next, man. It, it'll be the most epic episode ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All but, I want to talk about is Bad Boys too. Nice. Coming you know what? to Blu-ray. And I might just have you on to talk about Michael Bay, man. That would be an awesome segment right there. Hey, Boy. That's, my, that's, my, that's my man. Mikey B, man. But um, before we go on, um, we'll take a quick break and be back with more Gundam and MAHQ in just a moment.
boy, it's lucky you had these compartments. I use them for smuggling. I never thought I'd be smuggling myself in them. This is ridiculous. Even if I could take off, I'd never get past the tractor beam. Leave that to me. Goddamn fool, I knew that you were going to say that. Who's the more foolish, the fool or the fool who follows him? Need a cake, but you don't want something boring from the local supermarket or a bakery? In the South Florida area, try EpicSugarWorks.com. This bakery specializes in creating cakes based off of your favorite anime series, video game character, or whatever custom design you're looking for. Their online store also features anime and video game themed chocolate lollipops, as well as gift certificates if you want to give something to somebody. So if you're looking for a cake that's above the norm, go to EpicSugarWorks.com. It's epically delicious. Greetings, I am Andrew Cook, the host of Pretentious Internet Theater. Each month, I bring you the finest in literature that internet fanfiction has to offer. Join us, won't you? At tinyurl.com slash pitpodcast. Remember, there is much drama on the internet, but only the best makes pretentious internet theater. Open. God damn it, open! Prime, you said the Matrix would light our darkest hour. Magnus, I want the Matrix. Never! Gundam at MAHQ is brought to you by GoDaddy.com. Welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ. In this segment, our first segment, um, we're going to talk about a classic from the 80s. Um, Some people consider it a classic. Some people I know um, don't like it. And um, (laughs) it is an animated movie. (laughs) Calling you out, Chris. Even though you're not here, we don't know. <laughs> no, Chris. I think Chris likes this. At least I think he likes it to a point. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, this 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 animated movie was based upon a um a very popular uh, toy franchise that also you know had two seasons of um a cartoon before this movie came out, and this movie acted as a conduit to um fast forward the timeline in the series and more toy um, sales probably too. <laughs> pretty much so. But it fast forward the timeline in the series from 1986. To uh, sorry, 1985 to 2005, and this movie is Transformers the movie. It came out in 1986. I'm kind of out of the blue. I, is this I, one? Is this one the the one with Goofle Booth? <laughs> no, no, this is not. Oh, okay, with, okay. Not with old 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 Shia. No, Go, old Goofle Booth and old Shia. <laughs> I've, I, and I the like Shia. And deer in the headlights, girl. Well, he's even Stevens with with her hammer. Thong. He was even Stevens. Even Stevens. <laughs> Uh, this one had the original, um, the, the original Wit Wiki when we called him Spike, um, played by Corey Burton. But um, no, um, this is the animated movie from the '80s, and um, it kind of came out of the blue. I, I know that um, 
when, of course, you know, there wasn't the flow of information that we have now on the internet. We probably would have known years in advance this movie was coming out. If there we would have seen back it then. three days before it came out. <laughs> I know as a kid, when um, I used to watch the original TV series when it was in season two, they just started advertising like these little 30 second quips at the end of every episode. Be on the lookout for Transformers the movie coming to a theater near you real soon. They did that with G.I. Joe. Too, yeah, they it? did. Both yeah. came out the same year Transformers and G.I. Joe. I guess Hasbro was trying to really push these new toy lines, and by doing so, they wanted to um, come up with movies We need both. a big fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if anything, it, it really does It really does come down to toys and wanting to push out new lines, and Transformers and Movies' job was to do just that. Now, um, G.I. Joe, I don't believe, ever came out in the theaters. That just came out on, on, on television and home video. I think video. it did come out in the theaters. Did it? I, if it did, it might have been limited. It's very... I, I do think it did, though. I, I don't know. I remember Don't months, quote me on that. Yeah. I, I remember. Think it did. I know it came on TV really quick because months after the Transformers the movie came out in theaters, GI Joe the movie came out on television that I got to see it and they made a big deal about it. But Transformers still took years before it even showed up on TV. Who cares about GI Joe? Let's well, talk yeah, about Transformers. We'll bounce back to Transformers. But um, basically, here's the premise for Transformers the movie. Most of you guys know it anyway. Autobots versus Decepticons. Autobots versus Decepticons. The Autobots who are they're good. On- <laughs> <laughs> we find the Autobots on a mission. Um, they were on Cybertron, I guess, um, fighting their leg of the uh, the, the Civil War. And um, Optimus Prime and his um, his trusty crew of the old school uh, Autobots are getting ready to make an escape from Cybertron again. But this time, Megatron has um, he has plans for them. And um, the Decepticons raid the uh, the escape ship that they're on, and pretty much kills most of the crew of one of the two escape ships that the Autobots are on. And um, some of those, some of these characters are very beloved. Uh, I know they ran through uh, Ironhide and 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 Ratchet were two, first two to get smoked. Iron- oh yeah, Ironhide. Okay. Uh, Ironhide was the red um, the red van. Ratchet was right next to him, and he got completely killed. Brawn killed with his moments. In, back in the old head swap days, the, <laughs> the Ken and Ryu days. Yeah, back back when you. We had- will create three characters that will look the same except for the heads. We're looking at you, Sunstreaker and Sidewipe. Sideswipe. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, they, they, uh, these characters have been through a lot of damage in the original TV series, but you know, here comes the movie and the Decepticons are putting a kill shot on them. And <laughs> even Braun, the toughest out of Autobots is getting killed in one shot from, um, um, Starscream holding Megatron in his hand. And I, I, I give them props. They got shot by Megatron. So, you know, they should get smoked <laughs> when, when, when you're getting shot by, um, any Transformer, that's the one you want to go out by if you're an Autobot. <laughs> Um, if you want to die big and 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 go down historically, uh, but um, <laughs> once the, uh, the once the Decepticons the Decepticons then take over that uh, escape ship, still uh, um, still on its course to Autobot City on Earth, and um, using that ship as a Trojan horse, they begin their raid on Autobot City, and um, Prime of course is in a um, escape ship behind that ship and realizes what's going on. And rushes in to uh, assist the, the Autobot City and the, tra- the Autobots that are there as uh, Megatron cue, and his cue, cue the power are, metal at this <laughs> cue, point. Cue the power metal as Megatron and his Decepticons are laying waste to the place. One shall stand, one shall fall. <laughs> uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, and then cue the power metal after that. It's like because I mean, go ahead. Uh, that that point is when it got really cool because it was like this is another Transformers movie or Transformers episode, mm-hmm. but holy crap, Prime explodes out of the the trailer 
and he starts <laughs> he starts murking Decepticons like left and right. Yeah, and then does that cool ass thing with uh you know cool ass line to Megatron saying one what shall fa- so one shall stand one shall fall. Oh, yep. It's like, damn, this is some cool cool ass junk. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're like, even as a little kid, you're like, Damn, it's It's got all... It got this hard, huh? It's got all the signs of an epic of an epic battle. It's like a tickle um, battle in every in every uh, show of the TV <laughs> sh- series. It was like, oh, you don't do this to me. Tickle, tickle. Oh, I give up, you know. Finally, this one, it was like, Damn. Yeah, finally we have a battle that has weight in the, in Transformers. And mm-hmm. that, that, uh, this whole movie has a vibe where, unlike the TV show, where, you know, everybody's going to be fine at the end, um, this one, there was a... Um, there was an air of life and death finally in um, in Transformers, and as a kid, watching well, this, is this. the era the of that is because they introduced Unicron, who yeah. was like this big transformable planet guy, and he just eats planets, and that's like <laughs> that's his thing, and he's just out to destroy. And I think that that was the over, you know, just yeah. to get back to the storyline yeah. real quick is that was the overlying thing is, yeah. you know, the over opening shot of the film is Unicron wow. actually devouring uh, another robotic planet, you know, some, it was some a moon of Cybertron. It was, it was, was it really? Yes, it was. It was a moon of Cybertron, yes, but because it, I remember the red guy that looked like Bumblebee. Yeah. Was in there. Oh no, not, not before that at the opening shot of the film, it's just some nondescript robotic life planet where oh, you see okay. it like completely they, get, he, get he devoured the, by a unicorn. But it, within it, he does yeah. devour one of the uh, oh, yeah. Cybertron moons. So. Once once he comes in, um, yeah. closer to Cybertron, yeah, he um, devours Moonbase um, Moon One, and on it is uh, is uh, Jazz and Cliffjumper. Is that the yeah. red guy? Yeah, the red guy, yeah. Cliffjumper. And then um, Bumblebee and Spike, who's you know now in his 30s. Pre-Camaro Bumblebee. Pre- Pre-Camaro Bumblebee. They're yes. on Moonbase 2, and they try to, they try to sabotage the Moonbase. He's a V-dub in the house. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah, back in the day he was a he was a good old fashioned um German engineered V bug. But um <laughs> V dub in the house. <laughs> only if only that was Bumblebee on those commercials. But um it, he um they, they tried cool to sub- V dub. Well that's a a Beatles a cool V dub though. Yeah, he it, it is, especially especially Bumblebee. He's one of Soul Bros, man. There you go. I said Oh, don't it. say that to him. I said it. Oh, poor Bumblebee. <laughs> oh, I know. He didn't pity, mean it. Pity poor Bumblebee. But um, no. Um, it, they they tried to. Magnus say- is your man. <laughs> when this open, what's going on? When um Spike and Bumblebee realize that Unicron's coming for them next, they try to sabotage Moonbase too by blowing it up. When Unicron's eating it, it doesn't do any bit of damage to them, and they get sucked inside too. And it's starting to make its approach for Cybertron. Fast forward back to Earth as um Autobot City's getting raided. Uh, you were introduced to some new characters. Uh, I guess this is supposed Hot to be the, the new generation. Um, although there's a little bit of old generation. The, jam, the mixed jam, in. jam box in there. The jam. Oh. The jam box. Bla- Blaster, right? Well, Blaster. Blaster was actually introduced in um, season two, but he actually oh, has a pretty pivotal. He has a pretty pivotal role in this movie, which is really cool. Him and um, Perceptor, are yeah, side the microscope guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, out of the new characters that are introduced, we have Hot Rod, Ultra Magnus, um, RC. Uh, Springer, which is probably my favorite of the bunch. Is that the old crotchety dude? Uh, Cup, Cup was the old crotchety okay. one. Springer was the helicopter. Oh, yeah, that yeah. guy was the man. One line is for everybody. Like the old crotchety guy. <laughs> you haven't seen. He, he reminded me of the guy from Macross too. You, <laughs> you want culture? 
I can't do it. I'm not okay. gonna. I'm not gonna infringe <laughs> you, on Chris's. You can't, you, I can't do Chris's we, part here on. We this. can't hold a candle to Chris's yeah. invitation to that dude. But um, now Cup was the the old guard. He was still you know, crotchety guy. He's yeah. so old that he still has a Cybertronian look when he transforms into a vehicle. So I mean, that's, that's he's not a cool, cool '80s vehicle. No, he's not. <laughs> or or some kind of pseudo futuristic vehicle. Yeah. He's he's straight up Cybertron, man. You're, he's not you're playing. A, you're a Lamborghini Countach. <laughs> but yeah, they're all there trying to help defend Autobot City and um, Hot Rod. The the young buck, uh, he's good friends with Spike's son Daniel, and kind of they're kind of like the best buds. They they look out for each other, and um, so Goofle Boof had sex with her, huh? Uh, oh, in this version, I'm sorry. Uh, I guess so. I guess. I, I guess. I, I guess. Um, I guess old uh, Megan Megan Fox finally um finally had some kind of kid, um, and 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 Daniel's him. I I guess. <laughs> I guess the Megan Fox of that universe, but um. <laughs> No, um, if anything, they they try to participate in the um, in the battles and they help to defend off um, Autobot City, even from the likes of Galvatron. I'm not Galvatron, but the likes of uh, Devastator. Oh, Devastator. Devastator. Yeah. And um, you know they do, they do a pretty good job. And then Prime comes to uh, sacrifice finally- himself and. Cool Prime fashion. Yeah, the cavalry runs in. There's a movie. Prime's gonna die. <laughs> and this is all within the first 20 minutes. So um, I mean, there's a lot going on. Prime and Megatron face off, and Prime has got Megatron by the balls. You know, he's he's really the you know putting hurting balls. on him. And then um, the dumbest move in the whole movie. Hot Rod thinks he can help out Prime, and he comes out from behind some um some rubble to 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 jump at Megatron, and Megatron uses the moment to his advantage to um hold him hostage. And then shoot the crap out of Prime, um, injuring him um, mortally. But Prime fights back, and um, Megatron's pretty messed up too. And um, he manages to save Hot Rod after all, which I wish he didn't. But <laughs> <laughs> Prime is um, worse for wear, and they take him to, uh, I guess, to a medical facility to try Sick to baby. repair him. Damn it, Jim! I'm and a doctor, not a mechanic. We get it reintroduced to the Matrix now. For those who um. You didn't watch the TV show. The Matrix of Leadership. Oh, is. believe me, I think these people know what the Matrix of Leadership <laughs> is. Um, I guess most of y'all do know what the Matrix of Leadership is. What makes um, um, it what signifies the Ma- leader of the makes Autobots? What the robots, the robots. Yeah, exactly. And um, any anybody who leads the Autobots becomes a prime when they have the Matrix of Leadership. So um, Ultra Magnus, who's micro, who's um, Optimus Prime's um, highest lieutenant, he um passes the Matrix of Leadership to him. And um, Ultra Magnus is now faced with the charge of leading the Autobots and um, trying to uh, stop the Decepticons from 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 doing evil things. From doing evil things. And uh, this is when the movie turns into a, a quest and um, <laughs> becomes Legend of Zelda. Yep. If anything, um, Gal- uh, the Decepticons escape from Earth. They. Um, they go into they go into space to head back to Cybertron, and most of them are the majority of them are pretty mortally wounded, and um, a lot of them get jettisoned from Astrotrain, which is transporting them back to Cybertron because there's too much weight on board him, and he won't be able to make it without um, with, with the weight they're carrying. So all the Decepticons that escape damage eject the um, the damaged Decepticons off of Astrotrain, including Megatron, which uh, his. Uh, his right hand man, Starscream, you know the one that we all love. Uh, <laughs> he uh, he gives them the the pleasure of removing him from there, and they drift in space until they come across Unicron, who is also you know headed towards Cybertron. And Unicron offers uh, Megatron the deal of a lifetime: um, become my um, 
be, be you and your I'll, I'll you make and your you so soldiers. cool that you can blow up anyone, but you got to be my bitch. <laughs> exactly. Basically, he makes him a Faustian bargain and tells him that um I will re I will remake you if you um follow my every command. And Megatron is hesitant at first because he doesn't want to follow anybody else's order but his own. But instead, uh, he um he finally with the threat of death looming, he finally um gives in to Gal uh, to. Unicron and Unicron turns him into Galvatron. And um I, I like to mention that Unicron in this movie, for the most of it, is actually voiced by Orson Welles. And this movie has the significance of Orson Welles' um last performance. He actually didn't make it all the way through the performance of this movie. He um he passed away right before they f- they finished recording the final act, and actually Leonard Nimoy, who voices Galvatron, is uh he finishes out his last lines in the movie. They just did a little mixing to make it sound like Orson Welles as well. But um, Orson Welles did a fantastic job. And granted, this was probably just another paycheck for him. But as Unicron, he was he scared the crap out of me as a child. <laughs> but um, you go, yeah, just well, the, back to the summary. They the, you know he gives them new bodies. They go and take care of Starscream and those guys, which is a mm-hmm. cool thing when he blows up Starscream. Yeah. And uh, pretty much launches Gal- their attack on the Autobots. Yeah, Galvatron's mission is to find the Matrix and des- and destroy yep. it, because that's Man. that because that Unicron wants it. Yeah, because you- he that's the, supposedly the only thing that can beat him. That's the only thing that can beat him. And to make a long story short, um, the Autobots that left uh, the city, the new the, the young blood Autobots that uh, escaped from Autobot City to um, to return to Cybertron or to get further assistance, they get separated, and um, they both go on their adventures, and eventually the Ugh. The <laughs> the showdown happens <laughs> at, at, in, at, uh, alongside Cybertron as Unicron gets to Cybertron and the Autobots take the Matrix of Leadership to uh, Unicron to um, to 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 finally. Well, actually, um, Galvatron gets the Matrix um, from Ultra Magnus. He manages to f- defeat Ultra Magnus and takes it back. Yeah, to one Unicron. shot, one kill. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> he takes it back to Unicron. I don't know what to do with this. Whoa. <laughs> He, um, Galvatron takes it back to Unicron yeah, in order to try to um, reverse the scales on him by using it to um, to try to take over Unicron, but Unicron isn't having it because Unicron actually can control um, uh, Galvatron's mind to the point, you know, to, of inflicting pain upon him to get him to do his bidding. So um, Galvatron realizes his mistake, and the Autobots go to get the Matrix back, and Galvatron and Hot Rod have a one-on-one duel to. Uh, to to fight over the matrix and guess who guess who gets it back? <laughs> good old uh, good old sucky no, hot rod. Killed. That's all right. Yeah. Hot rod gets it back and um, it transforms him into Rodimus Mac Rodimus Prime. Prime. Yep. And uh, Rodimus Prime goes on to beat the crap out of Galvatron to the point where Galvatron gets sucked out of an airlock out out of a side of Unicron because they're fighting inside Unicron and he gets sucked out into um, space unknown and. Um, the Autobots return to Cybertron to uh, to gather together and uh, claim a new golden age for Cybertron because the, the, the Decepticons are finally defeated, or so we think. Because they did a lot of damage to Unicron while they were inside of them, too. So. <laughs> but, and, yeah. and what's sad is, uh, getting into like the analysis of the movie, what's sad is, even though the, even though the final battle between Rodimus and uh, Galvatron is pretty good, Mm-hmm. Still didn't match the intensity of Prime Megatron. No, that does, is it, really, it, really it does, where the movie hits its peak. You don't see the hatred there, mm-hmm. and that's like, you know, uh, you know, the Transformers movie is good. Yeah, is it wonderful? Is it the greatest movie ever? No, 
Because you got Dare to be Stupid. You got Junk Planet, which oh, really kills it. So that that's always a, that's always a chapter skip when I'm watching it. Damn. And the music video, that Weird Al, oh. a big music video. I got nothing against Weird Al, but I mean, and I understand why they were doing it at the time. Mm-hmm. But you really felt the hatred between the Decepticons and the Autobots within this whole movie, except when Galvatron and Rodimus, because Rodimus was such a... I didn't hate him, but... He just underestimated him. Well, you know? he, he just, was he just really so kind much. of ambivalent when it came to stuff. He was just like, eh, I think I should... I know I need to be the leader. I got this, all this stuff, and it's just mm-hmm. like, eh, I know I need to beat Galvatron, but it's like... <laughs> You just didn't. You didn't feel that intensity when you know when Prime's like one shall stand, one shall fall, and it's like you know Prime gets a shard in his side, and then he turns gray when he dies on the yeah. you know uh, whoever couldn't save him, they couldn't save him. And that's when you found out like if you're if you're a transformer, you become gray. That's not good. <laughs> well, not good. I mean, it, it, there's the continuity between uh, the TV show and the movie kind of shows because in the TV show, Prime was like blown up, dismantled. All sorts of damage came to Prime, and he was just fine at the end of the day. And in the movie, you know, he takes on, you know, some significant damage, but not not enough that well, he can't well, be prepared so, from. It's, and it's, he it's just, a pyrrhic victory, though, because, yeah. you know, he beat Megatron. Yeah. They knocked the Decepticons off, but yet he loses his life. Yeah. And the Autobots are screwed after that. It's like, holy, we got to d- depend on Ultra Magnus? He doesn't know <laughs> what the hell to do. He can't even open the damn Matrix of Leadership. Man, I like Ultra Magnus. And yeah, I thought, but he, I got thought blown, he, was a, he got blown up in one shot. Which also is another inconsistency because you can blow Ultra Magnus up and then the Junkions can put him back together. It's like, why the hell can you not bring Prime's body to this planet and have them repair him? Yeah. I mean, and all the other Autobots, too. It's like, bring them all here. You know, this is the, the cure-all. And like I say, don't blame Mike. Michael Bay on that. That was that was established way before yeah. Transformers Two, the movie that Prime was just turn gray and be dead. So it's a movie that's you know precisely made for kids, but and I guess you know they wanted the kids. Well, I mean, I was one of those kids back then, and I watched it. I was a little upset that the Prime got killed off and all my all the Transformers that I do cry. Got, I, actually, I cried. Oh, when you I, saw, <laughs> I cried. When I was like, I was like, fuck, I was like freaking nine, man. I was young, man. Oh, I watched. Man. I cried when I saw that because Prime is such a positive, awesome Eat leader. Eat your vegetables, kids. And Beat you know, the Decepticons. He's, 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 Don't he's, trust the Eastern Europeans. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. He's was a, that GI Joe? <laughs> maybe so. But he's just a standout leader, man. You looked at that guy. It's kind of hard to fill his shoes, and I honestly could not get past the fact Prime that he was president. dead. And I, I didn't, see, I didn't see the Autobots having a chance in hell. Even if someone else took the Matrix and did something with it after you know he took it over. But um, well, I mean, I, back to back back yeah. to brass tacks here. It's a uh, good movie. It's not the animated Wonderland that every some people claim to be. Because I mean, the the Junk Planet stuff really kills it. I mean, that's just that's just pandering. It's to, a little filler. That's that yeah, to me. That's a little bit of like, filler. We need to make this, yeah. what is it, like an hour and a half, two hours? We but, need to make this hit the, the, the time point. It's well, just like... Uh, there's quite a bit of filler in the movie, like when they go to the um, Quintessence planet and they get put on... Um, trial. Cup, cup yeah, and um, Hot Rod get put on trial. And, you know, the, the movie's full of filler, but yeah, the Junkie on... Seg- I mean, although I like Eric Idle as as, as Retgar, I... I wasn't big in the junkie and arc either, but it gave him a ship to get to Unicron yeah. in the end. So I mean, it did have a point. It's just that it could have been shorter. <laughs> I, I, I think of it. I think of it as a cool way, though, to trans, hence the word, transform a mm-hmm. lot of existing characters that were kind of tired and maybe 
reached a point when it came to a story and making him into somebody new. Yeah. It was kind of cool to see Galvatron become even more powerful version of himself. <laughs> I mean, he w- Galvatron was much more powerful as Megatron ever would thought to be. Yeah. And, and even though um and the Insecticons when they became uh, was it Scourge and the Scourge and his um uh his herd or what I forget what they say, but it's like horde, sc- yeah. Scourge and his horde. Yeah. You know, and, and they made him look like those cool like hover ships. You know, that that was that was really, really neat. And, and it was cool to like kinda do that whole of, you know, kind of going back to the Cybertronian vehicles instead of like having, you know, here's the Lamborghini Countach and yeah. you know. But that's what made the Transformers cool to me is that, you know, they're based on vehicles that I can easily well, I can either easily spot on the street or have, you know, a, a rare chance of seeing, but you know I it had to change somewhere and I understand the need of actually introducing new toys and new characters in order to keep the interest fresh, but I, I in some ways I think it was a, a too quick of a departure for uh transformers because you know it only been two years since the cartoon had been running you know they could they could have kept some around and they did keep some transformers around um jazz um wind charger uh or, or sorry cliff jumper well, and I, I bumblebee this, and they, they lived it, at the end of the day i think this but, is when it made the big the big um the big thing between being you know because this was a japanese thing that became popular in america yeah and they kind of went back to being you know, it kind of waned here in America and then went back to being a very popular thing in Japan. Mm-hmm. This is like kind of the la- I think in some ways it might have been the way of trying to infuse the Japanese view of it a little bit, even though it's a completely American production. So don't give me the th- the responses on Mecha Talk that <laughs> it, it was it was Japanese. I know it's American, but, you know, I think it's because it's a much more it's a collaboration, it's a much more adult. Yeah, oriented story. I mean, you're yeah. seeing you're seeing the robots die. Yeah, people are you never killed. saw the robots die before. Yeah. I, like I, I tell a lot of people, um, the year before I, I got open, I, my my eyes were opened up to Robotech, where I first watched a show where characters died, and then the following year, I'm seeing characters that I've been that I've been following yeah. even longer are getting smoked left and right, and I was wondering what the heck is the deal? Is this going to be a regular thing in the, in the shows I watch? <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it it it, it did it did bump it up a notch when it came to um yeah. the the stakes that were um that that were in the Transformers universe and, 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 and the characters were finally the... getting killed off and and you know there they were it wasn't just a bunch of people shooting lasers left and right and then you know everybody just retreating in the end and then nobody getting hurt and everybody it, coming it back to the next been, episode it might have been one of those things where they were thinking of and I'm just speculating here that the kids that are were watching this are eventually going to grow up yeah and you know and and I think that's a lot of times where a lot of people still have the whole nostalgia glasses thing with Transformers is because of the movie. Yeah. Because the movie is so much different than It was the, shocked to the system. You know, it, it wasn't, you know, what boondoggle plan that Megatron's going to hatch this week <laughs> to grab Energon cubes. I mean, and and that's what, that's what Generation was. Sorry to tell you guys, but that's what it was. Mm. You can think it's awesome, but, I mean, come on. Whatever. But, um... <clears throat> And, and and this went on and went on a, a different route of you know hey look you know we're we have something here where we think we can make it um, you know a, you know why 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 the audiences can can capture this because yeah. of you know you have uh, kids tweens and teens and all this stuff that can do it and and I think that's why. I I actually believe the reason why Transformers is thought so 
fondly by people nostalgically is because of this movie. It's yeah. not because of the television show. The television show introduced them to it, mm-hmm. but this is... I think it did what it was supposed to. Like you said, it shocked you as a kid. You're seeing this stuff, seeing the robots die. Yeah. Well, you know, it left an impression on people because whenever you talk about all the gener- the generation one nerds that are like, oh, this is this is the best or whatever, they always they start with the generation one television show, but they end up talking about the movie. The movie. Yeah. And it's like, okay. And, and, and as good as season three was, a lot of people don't 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 remember the se- the season that followed the movie as much as they do remember the movie. Yeah. And um, it, it just goes to show that um. Transformers was growing with his demographic as the like kids got said, older. It had, it had all that the awesome. content got a little bit stronger. And it had the all star talent cool. too. I mean, you got Orson Welles, who's mm-hmm. you know a, a great actor. Yeah. I mean, people, you know, there's some people that only think of him probably doing Unicron, but this 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 guy was in Citizen Kane and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I mean this this guy considered is considered the like, greatest movie of all time. He's he's Hollywood royalty yeah. when it comes to a lot of things. And, you know, Mr. Spock, like you said. Yeah, you had Leonard Nimoy. You had, uh-oh, you had one of the Brat Pack in the movie. You had um, Who? Judd Nelson. Oh, my God, his Judd voice. Nelson. Who is Judd Nelson? As the voice. Judd Nelson was in um, The Breakfast Club. Which one? He was, the, was, he was the uber cool dude. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. He was he was the douche. He was in uh, <laughs> he was in Beverly Hills Cop, too, right? Yeah, yeah, he certainly was. Yeah, he, he, was, was, one of, the, he was one of the, the straight-laced cops. Yeah, I, okay. I believe so. Yeah, and... Yeah. Um, he he was the voice of Hot Rod. You had, um, of course, the guys who had been running, you know, the showrunners in the series for the longest. Oh, just thank you, producer. Thank you, for... <laughs> thank you, Stat Boy. <laughs> Stat Boy from PTI. <laughs> keeping keeping us straight. <laughs> Some say, but um, you also had the the showrunners, um, the guys who did the the the, the voices of Optimus and Megatron, um, throughout the first two seasons of Transformers, and that's Peter Cullen, and um, Frank Welker, and Peter Cullen, you know, he's still doing Optimus's voice in the Michael Bay movies as well in other forms of Transformers. There's a new game coming out soon called The War for Cybertron. Uh, he's reprising his voice, and I believe Peter, Cull- I, I believe uh, Frank Welker is reprising they his voice. Actually, pointed up his- the cash to get him to. The Optimus Prime's uh, <laughs> voice instead of these these poor man's commercials they see oh. for the Transformers. It's like that's not Optimus Prime. I'm not <laughs> I'm not buying that cool toy from you because that's not the real Prime. I mean, uh, exactly. But um, even little jits at this time, they're not going to buy it from because they don't know it's the real Prime. I've got a man crush on Frank Welker. I admit it. That man's been doing cartoons and uh, voices and cartoons that, from shows ever since I grew up. He was Fred Jones and Tell us about Scooby Doo. I'm, I'm just I'm just saying he's the voice of Megatron. Is it you on a horse or him on a horse? <laughs> I'm on a horse. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he he was the voice of Megatron, and he's he's the voice of a lot of characters you know, and other people have have have, have heard in other shows. He's he's a complete mutant when it comes to um the range of his voice. He's kind of like the Mel Blanc of our day. He really is a talented guy, and um he was the voice of Megatron, and um he it makes that character memorable for me. No one else can do Megatron's voice and bring it like he did. And he really brought it in the 20 minutes he was in this movie. <laughs> so, so what would you say? He was also the voice of Soundwave, too, by the way. But go ahead. I know probably everyone that's listens at least seen this movie. But what would you say on the old MHQ scale of <laughs> what would you rate this movie? Well, the eight-year-old would give it. The eight-year-old I I'm was. Talk, would give I'm not it talking the eight-year-old. Five stars. I, this this um, is not proto soul bro <laughs> and current soul bro. This is current. It's current Soul Bro and Soul Bro only. Me today, I would give it four stars. 
Okay. I would, if I had to show someone anything that was Transformers related and what would what made me a diehard fan back when I was a kid, it's this movie. It's yeah. this movie. I wouldn't even I show would, them the TV I would, show. I'll I'd be show honest them this with movie. you. I would give it between you know averaging when I was a child and when now. I'd give it a three point seven five. I mean, just because <laughs> straight I mean, up. <laughs> I, I mean, out of five, that's still pretty good. And you know, it, it's just that you know, there's. I'll be honest. The junk planet thing really kills it for me, and mm-hmm. and 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 it, and it is. I don't mind filler, but sometimes filler can just be. Ugh. What's your thoughts on the soundtrack? Because I always love the soundtrack. Save it's not a Dare bad soundtrack. Stupid. It's definitely yeah. power metal eighties oh, ballad yeah. stuff. And except I for Dare like to Be that. Stupid, that's like the standout different song yeah, on the it, album. It, it, it's kind of like it's almost like a wizard wizard metal. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you know, wizard metals had like this big. Um, you know, uh, renewal yeah. in, in like the last couple of years. With wizard bands. Metal. Yeah, Wizard Metal, yeah. where they're talking about fantasy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talking dragons and Pegasus coming down from the light. Shiny to me. Pegasus. Golem light. All forever. That's fantasy metal. Man. You know, I think it's a good. Because once again, you know, even just taking out the fact of when it was made, yeah, it still is just a fun soundtrack. It's not one of these things where it's too dated. Yep. I can, st- you know, it's not like painfully. It's like, oh, God, not this song. I've, even I've, though the Dare to be Stupid song just makes me want to yeah, claw my eyes out. I, I like Weird Al, but that's not my favorite <laughs> song from him yeah. at all. Um, <laughs> some standout tracks on the album to me are um, Nothing's Gonna Stand in Our Way. Um, of course, uh, dude, you, the Optimus song when you he, got the touch, talks it, you got oh the, yeah, Stan Bush and, and um, you Dare, got the power. <laughs> yeah. and this movie by far has the best rendition of the Transformers theme ever. Yeah, from Lion. Oh my gosh, I, I still listen to that to this day. They, 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 they blew, they blew that out of the water. I heard the um the the reprise of it on the on the um the live action Transformers movie, and I'm listening to it, and it's like this has no spirit compared to the one from the animated movie. Not not that I didn't like the original Michael Bay movie. I, I love the original um the first Transformers yeah, movie from Bay, there, but that sound that that theme for this animated movie is is so bad. They probably they probably should have used the original because if you really yeah. think about it in in the in the live action movie. You're talking twenty, thirty years now, and everything always it, it always dated. goes in cycles. Yeah, it would have been just better that they just would have. Oh yeah, I, 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 mean, I wouldn't expect them to use this, but you know, it's, in it, comparison, probably the reason Ooh. why they didn't was probably some type of licensing. Because yeah. who knows, the guy that owns it's probably like, screw this. <laughs> Nobody's gonna hear this song unless they pay like fifty thousand dollars. Michael Bay's like, that's about four extra explosions mm-hmm. that I can do. <laughs> In one and set, I could see Michael Bay actually digging the um, the, the 1986 oh, I thing. He does. Oh my god! I can hear him it's, bumping it. You know, we always talk about like rights issues. Yeah, I guarantee you it was a rights issue. Damn. Yeah. Well, if anything, um, yeah, it's that, one of these days when I can actually meet Michael Bay and I sit down and talk with him, which I'm planning to do mm-hmm. one of these days, <laughs> and and he can see my he can see my vision on things, which probably talk- coincides with his vision on things. Mm-hmm. We'll redo the Transformers movie. Oh my god, y'all would talk days about Bad Boys too. <laughs> days. Well, I don't know if you've ever heard about my plan for the Super Bowl halftime show. Oh, what's that? No, we will not speak about it. Oh yet. man, all the so, secrecy, man. 
Why don't we well, include this about anything else <laughs> left on old Transformers, the movie that you have there? Um, the I have an- a few things. The animation is gorgeous. Um, yes. If I was to suggest this to any kind of uh, first-time viewer of any kind of robot anime, if you, if, if anything, I would, I would, I would wholeheartedly suggest this. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's one of the one of the classic yeah, animes definitely. or animated movies from the '80s that it still looks good to this day, especially with the 20-year um, anniversary remastering. Looks really good, and um, I would recommend it to anyone. But um, what were your thoughts? Uh, basically, pretty much the same thing. Uh, if you're interested in robot mecha anime, this is one of those things that you definitely need to see because it's a movie, so it's only it's less than two hours, oh. so you can sit down and see it. Um, yes, the animation holds up well. Is it Daryl animation? Oh. No, no, but nothing's Daryl animation. It, it looks more like heavy metal, to be honest. It That's does. What it, it really looks like I'm heavy not, metal. I'm not, I'm not crapping on the animation. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it holds up very well, but it does... Let's not be too silly. It it can look a little dated at points, but you know you just got to get you got to get past that because well we have to say that because we have listeners that can't listen they can't, can't watch, watch anything, anything before 1999. You know, so, but um, you know the soundtrack definitely cheesy 80s power metal that yes, just it is. Ma- this just puts a smile on your face when you hear it. I mean, really, it does. It'd only be more epic if Rush did it. What? Hey, hey, hey. I'm just saying. I'm still mad that they didn't do the Olympics, but that's another Dang. rant. Yeah. That's straight talk express stuff right there. This, but um, The Canadian supergroup. <laughs> how you can't have the greatest Canadian rock band of all time show up during the Olympics in Canada. I don't know. But uh, like Solbro said, all the voice acting talents very well. I mean, even, even me, a person that's not too heavy on voice acting, I have to appreciate the fact that you have just very talented people. And, I mean, you got a guy like Orson Welles who's giving it his all. I mean, this guy's an accomplished guy. And to give it his all to be the to Unicron, I mean, man. So this is definitely something people need to see. And word to the writer, Flint Bill. You've written some of the most awesome episodes of both Transformers and G.I. Joe, and he also wrote this movie, and he did a great job, you know, having to, having to do the um, – the, the unlikable task of killing off so many fan favorites. But he did it well, and, and Prime went out like a G. Before we go, though, let's ask Chris what he thinks about this since he's such a great Transformers guy. <laughs> Thank you for that, Chris. Back to Soul, bro. What insight. <laughs> and um, I guess that brings our review and uh, discussion of Transformers, the movie, to a close. We'll be back with more Gundam at MAHQ. <laughs> dead you're taking this extremely well taking what extremely well that i'm here i don't give a goddamn if you're dead or time traveling or the ghost of christmas past all i care about is this whiskey so bottoms up get the hell out of my house this episode of gundam is brought to you by godaddy.com Right now, they're offering special discounts to our listeners. Just simply go to GoDaddy.com and use the code GUN8 for 10% off any order not already discounted. GUN9 for $5 off purchases that are $30 or more on any items not already discounted. .com domain names are as low as $749 if you use the code GUN10. And last but not least, code 20H1. 
for 20% off hosting plans. For more information, you can go to Gundam.net and click on the GoDaddy link in the Sponsors and Special Offers section. Don't wait too long. The domain name you've always wanted might be claimed by someone else before you know it. Register with GoDaddy.com today. A jackass. I'm you, Bob. We talk this out. I don't see any need for that kind of language. Now, if you yeah. want to go outside right now, I'll no. take both of uh, you. We're going to vote, right Alan. We're not going to fight. We're going to oh. vote. Let's vote. Let's vote, and then we'll fight. This segment of Gundam at MAHQ is brought to you by Petco. Welcome back, everyone, to Gundam at MAHQ. Uh, this is one of your hosts, Neo, along with Soulbro and the uh, Spirit of Chris. Oh, man. He'll be back shortly. So, uh, and hopefully Troll comes back. I hope he didn't get lost in the luggage or something, the luggage rack or, you know, at the, the baggage claim. I can't believe it, but I miss him. <laughs> I do. Don't. <laughs> I miss his insightful things. Oh, it talks. It's so insightful. Yeah, in fact, everything talks. <laughs> But um, we're going to do something that uh, Chris hates and Solbro loves. No. Um, we're going to be doing a top ten list. Actually, just the top five. And in this uh, segment, we're going to be doing some of our top five fave Gundam battles. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily in order. Maybe Solbro has this in an order. I don't because I'll be honest with you. Every time I watch a show, it's like I go back and forth. So, But uh, Solbro, why don't you hit us with your... Number five fave battle. Oh, number five on the on the on the on the charts on this the week. On the hizzy this week is um, Quattro versus Haman and Sirocco from Zeta Gundam. That's one of my favorites too. That was the Duke of Rue. Yes. Oh my God! Inside of grips, yes. the grips. Uh, was it the the grips laser? Are the, the the yeah the grips the grips colony too? laser the colony yeah. laser man oh my god dude the 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 torture that man went through just to f- fend off two ace new type pilots well you got you got the cool setup as everybody meets in oh by oh, the yeah, way the, in the theater in the of theater? all places in the colony <laughs> they meet up on and they confront each other is in the theater mm-hmm. so they're in the theater and they start going through all their whole um, their whole insights about life and new typeism and all this other garbage. And uh, then it's like, oh, let's hurry up and jump into our mech so we can kung fu fight. <laughs> and uh, yes, I'd have to say that is a very, very good um, pick there. Yeah, I'm, with them using the, um, um, I guess they were using the um, the charging, um, the the laser. I get the bolts the or whatnot. I don't little, know. Little Street Fighter Four in the brain here. <laughs> they, oh, they charge were, attacks. They found themselves within the field of those bulbs that also oh, yeah, you know, yeah. charged the um, the call it laser up. Yeah, and um, they were using that as a uh, cover so that um, that 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 Quattro couldn't attack them, but they were they were attacking him freely, and um, he was pinned down. Man, he uh, he he was he was getting a little support from Camille, but then Camille. You know, he uh, he couldn't be there through the entire fight. And eventually, I guess Camille did show up to assist him. But there was a time where Quacho was just 
bombarded by both Sirocco and Haman. And these are three people fighting on three different sides of uh, of a battle. But uh, apparently, they made strange bedfellows, Haman and Sirocco, at the time. So they um, they were they were out to take Shar out, <laughs> and um, it made for a very intense fight. It, eventually, it, came, it comes down between Haman and Quattro, but. You know, just you know that that whole that that the whole that whole fight from start to finish, from the the meeting on the stage to where inevitably Haman defeats Quacho is is exhilarating. Well, what I like about it is actually this is the first real battle that you see the old Shar back, because I mean here he is, he's against these two incredibly powerful new types mm-hmm. who are anticipating everything that he's doing, and. You know, anybody that's watched Zeta Gundam, we know that Quattro slash R has been conflicted the whole show up until this point. And at, from that, you know, basically from once Axis showed up on, he found, he figured out where he needed to be and what he needed to do. And this is really the first time that you really kind of see him fighting as you would think Shar Asenbol would have fought yeah. if he had, you know, the, the Zeta era suits. So. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely up there. So, um, I guess my number five would Go for be, and, and this is this is a recent um, entry, and I, I got it. I wouldn't. I would put it in the aspect because just the whole aesthetic that was kind of brought up with it, kind of br- bridging the old, bridging the old of Gundam and the new of Gundam. It's got to be that fight between uh, Setsna Ooh. and. Um, and ribbons at the end of that horrible season two of Double O. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> I mean, what better way to cap off a terrible season of an anime than to have that battle? I mean, never have we seen before a guy, you know, the main pilot that got the mid-season upgrade, mm-hmm. and he's not using the mid-season upgrade to defeat the baddie in the end. <laughs> he's using what he had in the beginning, and. You know, Ribbons, of course, has got the, you know, the, the O mm-hmm. slash RX, RX 78-2 up there. And it's just it's just the whole aesthetic of it because you get the whole feeling of, you know, the old and the new. Yep. You know, you got in the Japanese version, you have Ribbons uh, voiced by the man that does uh, Armoro. Yep. So you get that whole thing. And even some of the ways, I mean, when when the when the O went back and it reared back its sword, a beam saber, it's just like, <laughs> I mean, it looked like the RX seventy eight dash two, and it's like, oh my god, this is just too cool. Shades of um, yeah, shades of uh, shades of yesterday, man. It, 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 you did get a feeling of deja vu during that fight. Uh, yeah, you know, watching it, it, it's it's it, it's very well directed and animated, and oh. they it's a love letter. To when um, when Shar and Amaro fought in the original Mobile Suit Gundam, man, it really is, and, mean, it, and it brought that intensity that mm-hmm. you had with Shar and Amaro, and I think even more so on this end because unlike Shar and Amaro, uh, Ribbons and and um, you know Ribbons and Setsna really didn't meet face to face up until that point. Yep, um, you know they met you know way back in the day when Ribbons was the test pilot of the O. But, you know, and Setsuna was a little kid, but it was just... They met that one time, too, where Setsuna got shot and got the GNAs. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, that that's the, the only two run-ins before this yeah. this, 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 um, this epic Duke of Rue, man. <laughs> and, and, and it was nice to see 
you know, people can say what they want about the double the double O, and it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, to an extent, maybe in some ways, it was a spam weapon, not like Strike Freedom, but it was still it was still a spam weapon. Yeah, but it was nice to see. Hey, we're just gonna harken back to. It was nice to see Exia back. Yeah, you know, because I liked Exia, and you know, I liked it from the from the first show from the first season and when I was playing the double O game on the DS, it's like, that's when I really got a love for Exia. And it was like, that's a cool suit. And it was just really kind of refreshing to see that because we've seen so many times the, the upgraded suit that the, uh, the, anta- or the protagonist gets to fight the antagonist. And, you know, he has his Uber suit and it was just to see, nice to see they're back to what they started both out with. Exactly. Both of them, and that was cool. Yeah. I mean, for, um, and that was a that was a stroke of genius, uh, mm-hmm. I thought, um, because you, it was cool in the beginning of the season two. You got to see the um, the the Exia one last time. You yeah, know, it was it was less of oh, what it Harlock, used to be. The the the, the pirate Harlock uh, Exia, the Harlockian edition. Yeah, <laughs> the custom. Yeah, Harlock custom. <laughs> but I mean, it was badass even then. It was taking out New Age suits and um, you Hadn't know, been fixed was, in like five years and woo! it was still taking out people. Yeah. Sesson was pushed to the limits, but he was still holding it down. And for him to have to go back to that suit and to have ribbons go back to the uh, original. Oh, Gundam, man, it, it. I, I thought that was the, you know, I, it, I didn't expect it. I thought that both the new, the no, new age suits would have fought it out to the yeah. end, and then maybe they would have fought outside the suits, and that'd have been it. And anybody, but, and anybody that said they expected that was a freaking liar. They, <laughs> they, they really broke it. But what would be your number four? My number four is, um, and this one is, um, this one is probably the most graphic of all the fights. Uh, Uso versus the Zanskar. Empire at the end of Victory Gundam. Oh, God. All the trials and tribulations that kid has put through in the last couple of episodes. Exploding bikini girls with oh, beam savers. Freak, uh, uh, oh. Emma, just completely cremating women in bikini armor with beam sabers. Um, the loss of life that's going on. His friends getting murdered left and right and taking on impossible odds, especially a crazy broad that he had a crush on at the beginning of the series. And they threw the whole kitchen sink with the, at that man, dude. <laughs> yeah, they did. Something that a 12-year-old should not ever go through. And this kid went through it. And um, he went up against... Um, I mean, the, not only did um, the, the uh, Zanskar Empire get taken out, but you know the league military suffered heavy losses too and you know him and him and um his 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 gang most of them survived at the end of the day but oh odolo except for odolo good god <laughs> even odolo went out um but yeah i mean that that to me i i have a trouble watching that fight but it still is it's still seared into my brain yeah. <laughs> from watching it the first time on Victory Gundam that um, it stands out to me, and I got to put that in my top five. Oh, I'd agree with that, definitely. I'd have to say my four would be something we've talked about quite a few times, actually, and that is the fight between Shiro and Norris Packard and, uh, um, you know, double oh. and you know, and... Um, you know, oh, MS team. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. and uh, I think more or less anything is the fact that for once, it's one of the few times that the Gundam pilot won, but he really didn't win the actual fight. <laughs> he won it because the guy just kind of knew his time was up, and yeah. he was kind of sacrificing himself to make sure others lived. And, um, you know, just the intensity of that whole thing. And I'd probably put it all the way up to the point when the whole OAF MS team is fighting Norris, when he's just kind of slowly picking off every one of those gun tanks. And, you know, it's just like, man, it's like 
you really saw that's when you saw when it wasn't even the technology it was the fact that the the Zeons had the mobile suits years before so they knew how to use them mm-hmm. that's kind of where you saw it and, and and it was nice to see it unfortunately we have to deal with episode 12 of that um <laughs> of that show but i mean um you know for 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 an actual battle that was a great overall theme because you you saw a lot of the things you saw the the, the desperation of the Zeon. Yeah. You saw the, um, you know, the, the, the will of Shiro and you saw some of the wickedness of the, uh, some of the Federation officers in that. Yeah. So, I mean, I, to me, that was one of those kind of grab your, grab the hold of the seat thing. And it's <laughs> like, and I still watch it at this time and, and it, and it still kind of gives me, even though I know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. I still get those shivers. It's like, man, you know, man. this is just, especially when he grabs them and you know, the, the, the Gundam is just got like no power. And they're like, he's like, you're not going to shoot me because the pilot may be still alive in there. <laughs> and Shiro's sitting there, and he's trying to he's trying to reset all the breakers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, holy crap, huh? Yeah, Norris had him by the balls that whole fight. Oh like, man, even, even before, like when he and we always say this, but um, he was a straight serial killer when he was going through and running through your favorite gun tanks, man. Oh my god! Oh, beforehand, dude, and he was get, putting the eighth. The eighth MS team to you know pushing them to their limits as they were trying to gun him down along with the Dude, other it, it, Federation it, it, soldiers. It was like a video game at oh. that point. It was like protect the gun tanks from yeah. this guy. Dude was like the screen. The gun killer. tanks are like all over. They're like all <laughs> over the map, and you're you know there's only like three of you, and you're trying to protect all these guys, Damn. and he's got access of everything. Damn, Nor- Norris Packer, man, the ghost face killer of Xeon, dude. <laughs> I, I would, yeah, I would agree with that. He was, he was not given, he was not given no shorts. The only short he gave was when he realized who, uh, who Shiro was in the suit of the, of the Easy Eight when yeah. he was piloting. It's like this is the man that's in love with Homegirl. That's the only thing that saved him. That's the only thing because I don't see much else. Uh, he could, he could have ran Shiro through and got it, taken care of the rest of the crew if he wanted. And, you know, did them all in. I, I think that, you know, given enough time, he'd have probably wasted them all. Yeah, but he would have gone through all of them. Sure, yeah. sure put up a valiant fight. And um, that, that moment that gets me about that fight, the moment I love to death is when, you, like you were saying, the power goes out in the suit and he's resetting the breakers. And he's sitting there saying, why doesn't he kill me? It's like, what is he waiting for? You know, the, the, the anticipation, the silence. It, it's, it's the first time that you got mm-hmm. the real world kind of connection of the mobile suits with, well, the world that we live in because mm-hmm. all the breakers went out. Yeah. And it's like, if you think about it, like if the breakers blow in your house, like an electrical storm, you're going to go back to your electrical box and reset all the breakers. And it's like, you have these big advanced, you know, uh, bipedal mobile suits and it they get knocked out from electrical charge. You got to sit there and reset all the breakers manually. Ooh. It's like, man, really? <laughs> huh? Wow. In so, the dark, man. Unable in the dark, to see yeah. Jack, man. And um, you could feel the tension in that mm-hmm. scene as, you know, Ashiro cannot see anything that's going on outside the suit while the rest of the team is trying to figure out a way to save him. Uh, it's it's very well-directed episode. I have to say, you know, of the latter half of the of the episodes, that's my favorite for 8th MS team. And Packard, man, to me, the best Xeon, the, probably the best Xeon pilot in the in the. In the uh, one year war outside of Shar, yeah, yeah. it was it was a it was a son of a bitch, Ridden, dude. <laughs> in Johnny Ridden. but he only he only resides in games and models. So. Man, I'd, I'd give Rumble Raw some props, but he didn't do what Packard did. Boy, god dang! What um, <laughs> what uh, what would be your number four? My oh, my number th- uh, my number three, 
for my list. Yeah, because we I, oh. I just did. Yeah, Uso versus Zon Scar. Okay, I'm sorry. So number three on my list is um, Laron Shahak versus Jim Gingham in um, Turn A Gundam. I'd have to, and before you begin on this, I'd have to second that too because. Man. And, you know, just to combine our time together on this. <laughs> but go ahead with what you're saying. I, I'd have to say my number three is Laurent and Jim, too. The hip we're, we're, in, we're, we're in union on that then. Um, basically, that if there's, if there's no bigger love letter, even compared to the double O finale. There's no bigger love yeah. letter to the finale in Mobile Suit Gundam than this. There's even matching shots in Turn A Gundam in the finale in that final fight. Um, I think it that, means that more happened. because this is done by Tomino. Tomino. Yeah, it's, it's one thing in Double O because that was it's it's another director, but this is this is Tomino, Tomino and this is the last Gundam that he really did. Out, mm-hmm. you know, whatever people have to say about the Zeta movies, that's just kind of a rehash. This yeah. was his last original Gundam kind of work TV yeah. series, if anything. Yeah. And um, the shot, there was, I wouldn't say shot for shot, but there were some scenes that were very reminiscent of the the final battle between Armor Rashar and Mobile Suit Gundam. Even the one, even the um, the shot of the Turn X versus the Turn A butting heads. Yeah, it's just like when Armor and Shar ran through, ran each other through with their swords inside of a battle coup. And you know, for the fact that they first start out in their 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 um their suits, and they're duking it out, and then their battle is brought from space to Earth. A Gundam first, and I don't think that's happened since, but a Gundam first where the battle is taken out of space to Earth, and with their wreck suits, they get out of them, and they start fighting with swords, just like Char and Amaro, and what, Jim has a katana? And Amor, uh, not Amaro, but uh, Laurent has like a saber. I he has think. a saber, and they go to town, dude. It's ridiculous. Laurent has no business being that good with a sword, but you know, in the clutch, he was awesome. <laughs> I, I, I think. I think what makes that scene really telling is the fact, though, is throughout the whole show, Laurent was trying not to kill everybody, kill anyone when he mm-hmm. fought him, and there is that kind of unconfirmed, confirmed kill that he did, like. I think maybe one or two episodes prior when they were on the moon mm-hmm. when he shot when he was in the core fighter and he shot the one guy in um and I forget what those suits were called the 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 suits that uh Chris's boy Swetson was oh. doing <laughs> and Sumos? yeah yeah and he it looked like he pretty much killed the guy and, and to an extent it looked like Laurent kind of knew he did but it I think that's what made that that you know, fight so great is because even though Laron knows he needs to defeat Jim, he doesn't want to kill him. Yeah. And that's a first really when it comes to a Gundam series because usually every time the protagonist gets to the end there, they're so effed up in the head because of their losing friends and family and whatever it might be that they want to just kill these guys. And he never allows his rage to take over. And it it was cool that, spoiler alert, that, um, (laughs) you know, Jim was taken over by the the Moonlight Butterfly cocoon and is, you know, trapped with the, the Turn A and the Turn X. And and yeah, it's it's definitely one of those those fights that it's so ungundam that it's gundam <laughs> to an extent. I mean, I don't really see that it's like a lot of animes can try to copy it, but it just doesn't have the same effect. And Yeah, I mean if if anything I, I fully agree. Uh, I 
it seemed that LeBron was trying to get through to him that whole fight, mm-hmm. trying to tell him like you need to let go of the old ways. Even even at the point that what... he's even at the point that Jim's getting uh, yeah getting a, attached to the moonlight butterfly. You know, LeBron's trying to help him. He actually puts out his hand to try to get him out of the cocoon, and it's like, you know, wow. He's trying to stop him from making the same mistake they yeah. made so many many generations ago and you know jim is jim is from that old school you know he's not willing to let go of his warlike ways and i respect him to that fact he's a warrior bred and born man he's yeah he's not gonna let go of that laron got through to a lot of people in that show but that was one man that he could not and you know laron you know he didn't put him down he, he let his he let jim do himself in which he did and i, th- I think yeah. that's big of tamino to not have laron kill him yeah i think that that's what really and, you know, it, it's like we, we've talked about the Turn A Gundam before, and, and I can see where maybe back when it was made, it was really ahead of its time because people are so used to, you know, the protagonist going through all the crap, going through all the nonsense, getting the upgrade, fighting through, <laughs> and, de- and defeating his the antagonist, you know, with a, a finality, like, yep. you know, the guy's death. That someone has to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't even know, really know what happens to Jim. He may still be alive in in the Moonlight Butterfly cocoon. Yeah. You'll never know. But that's what made it really, really a, a great fight. So, Ooh. what would you say your your number two would be? My number two, and this actually brought uh, brought a tear to my. Oh I, man, this actually brought a tear to my. I, I neglected this series for so long, and then when I finally sat down and watched it, I was entertained by most of the fights in the show, if not all of them. But this fight stands out, and the show is uh, Mobile Fighter God Gundam, and the fight is Domon versus Master Asia in episode 45. That, my friends, is such an epic fight. It's it, it it's it's tinged with so much emotion because the episode prior, um, Domon lost his he lost his brother, um, Koji, and and um, when when they came when he came Kyoji. to Kyoji, and he realized that his brother was. Was a well, he was fighting Shorts Bruder, yeah, not realizing that Shorts Bruder was actually not his real brother, but yeah. a copy of his brother, yeah. a copy of his brother. So his brother was along his side. And his brother was still inside time. the Devil Gundam, yep. and yeah, yeah. Once he realized what his brother, exactly. Once he realized what his brother was doing the entire time, being merged with the Devil Gundam, and you know what he was trying to do, and the re- the revelation that that hit him. And that man was worse for wear, and yet after that stressful fight, he had to fight Master Asia, who was in—I wouldn't say in his prime, but he appeared to be, you know, like at his most, um, his most fearsome. And Domon had to take him on an emotional wreck, and um, they had a lot of history between them. And it came up during that fight. You know, they were practically father and son in a, in a way because, you know, Master Asia taught Domon all the fighting techniques he knew. And it all came out during that fight, you know, the, in the dialogue and the fight in the fighting itself and all the people watching it. You know, it was one of those stand up moments where I just could not I could not stay in my seat when watching that fight. It was. Well, I, th- I think the best way to equate that fight mm-hmm. is that is the perfect coming of age fight. Yeah, that is. That is every martial arts film, pupil versus teacher, mm-hmm. Luke versus Vader, yeah. you know, all these other, you know, whatever, whatever comparison you want to do, it's the coming age of thing because, you know, like you said, Doman was trained by this man, basically yeah. was basically his second father yep. and 
for the longest time thought that he was doing something that he really wasn't about. And, you know, Master Asia made it where Domon, he knew for what needed to be done, Domon had to defeat him. And then at the end, showing Domon that, hey, I'm not the problem. Yeah. I'm just part of the solution. And you had to overtake me to, you know, to take care of the problem. Exactly. Yeah, I I definitely... Uh, I definitely would have to uh, second that with you on Ooh. there that, of being a, a very uh, intense fight. But um, I have to say my number two. Ooh, go for it. Is actually, and, and I put this in a full scale, and this is probably what I think it encompasses an episode and a half. And, you know, it's not a bad thing because usually the final battles in a, in a, um, in a Gundam show mm -hmm. are one continuous thing, and they might stretch over more than one episode. Um say what we want to say about the overall series at its point, but I'd have to say Gundam Seed. Uh, the fight between Rawl and Mulaflaga, Mulaflaga on the strike, and Rawl in the, the Providence at that point was just a very epic battle because it was ultimate spam weapon <laughs> against against the guy that was just, you know, the, the one shining thing about Mulaflaga throughout that whole show was he was the consummate pilot. He was a consummate ace pilot. And he always adapted, and he was always able to hold his own, even at the, you know, the the equipment's limitations. I yeah. mean, he got he got basically beat by Raw, but he couldn't get killed. He couldn't kill him. He couldn't kill him at all. And and then when you know, of course, he blocks the beam weapon, and you know, the next episode, Raw sees that the strike is destroyed. He's even surprised, and that goes into the whole thing of the fight with Kira, and it's like. Yeah, we make fun of Kira and all this stuff, but I got to say that that uh, that fight was a very very intense fight. You can see, you know, and 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 it was nice to see the antithesis of being that is the Destiny one, you know, fifty episodes or so later. But uh, we won't go into that. But that was a you know, for a show that started off so slow, and you were kind of questioning its intensity and its intent. Mm -hmm. It really ended on a nice finale. I mean, it, it, that was it nice was a, to it, see. It was abrupt, but it was, it was, it was, it was a very, but, but very the actual, finale. It, well, the actual end of it was abrupt, but the actual battle between yeah. the crusade and, and Kira was not, I mean, well, the stakes were pretty high. I yeah. Mean, and, crusade, and, and it was nice to see that, yeah. you know, Kira won, but the damn freedom was just wrecked. It was wrecked. But before that, what really got the fight going is what Lucruse crucified um homegirl Flay? Mm -hmm. Oh my God! And it's like you you saw it coming, but you didn't want to see it coming because yeah. you know that one last and I, bit. And, and just... I know, and I know a lot of people cheered at that point because people <laughs> didn't like Flay. But you know that you know it 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 ejected for for a show that sometimes didn't eject drama in the right way. It ejected it right there. I, I think that you know. Everyone can agree that that was a good point of drama there because yeah. they saved that for the very end. Yeah, Woo! did they and, ever? <laughs> you know, I'd have to say that that is definitely. You know, I still watch that, and I'll still just kind of break that out every so often just to watch that series of fights. And it's just like the intensity there is there, and it, and you know, it, like I said, the the one of the greatest things is yeah. at, between you know Raw and Moo that you know they they were foils to each other, but they really could never kill each other. No, they were almost like the two sides of the same. Coin. Yeah, and they they could never, you know, as as souped up as the Providence was, he could not destroy <laughs> the freaking strike, man. And you know, so 
it's a, it goes to say a lot about Moo because what Moo piloted um, aircraft for most of the most of the first half of the show. He had and, aircraft, he had spacecraft, mm-hmm. and then he got in. Yeah, he got into the strike and mastered that like in one day. <laughs> well, actually, to be yeah, honest, had with a little you, trouble, but I he mean, had trouble. But it was at that point he was a master of it. Yeah, yeah. it was a dude was a natural, and um, the only thing that got him out of the running was uh, his valiant sacrifice in saving the archangel. Which, of course, you know, he didn't really die. But I, I hate to spoil that for y'all, but it's, it's the worst kept secret on the Internet, of course. Oh, my but- God. <laughs> Why do you got to keep telling that? It's like Lelouch dead. Yeah. <laughs> Gundam, spoiling everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um. Or be your number one. Well, actually, before we go into number one, I just have a few honorable mentions to sure. run down. Um, there's uh, Camille versus Sirocco at the end of Zeta Gun. Honorable mentions that couldn't make it up to your top five. They didn't right? make it to my okay. top five, but they're, they're, still, they're still worthy. Noteworthy. Um, going back to Double O, um, Setsuna versus Graham at the end of season one. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, that just came out of nowhere, although, you know, it's one of those things you did see I coming. actually like Setsuna, even though it was very abrupt and very mm-hmm. quick. I do like Setsuna versus Graham in the second season. Yeah. Because... It was just that thing of it was that whole mask thing, of you know Graham's hiding behind the mask, and sets that kind of knew that. Yeah, and he just kind of beat his ass <laughs> just to let him know about that. But he, he, you know, he knew it wasn't right to kill him. Yeah, so. he left him alive, which was yeah. very significant because Setsuna usually doesn't doesn't hesitate to smoke somebody, and it was like it was a it was a turning point for Setsuna as well. And um, it, Graham helped him become uh, a, uh, I guess, a, a full-on innovator yeah. during that fight. He finally realized his yeah, potential right, right then and there. Um, also in Double O, uh, I got to give notes to uh, Lock On versus um, Ali in season one. Oh yeah, that was knockout, dra- knockdown, drag out, and that uh, have to that probably be like my six or seven because you know throughout the whole show at that point, Lock On was the long-range sniper guy, and even when he was fighting grunts. There was times that they would get in on him, and he would have trouble. But because he hated Ali so much, <laughs> he ended up having no trouble fighting hand-to-hand, Ooh. mobile suit to mobile suit, against Ali. And it was like, whoa, where did this come from? He turned out to be and, like the baddest yeah. pilot out of all of them. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the one of the most pure pilots there was. As like he finally reaches he reaches full potential right at the end of his life, uh, missing an eye at that. Yeah, and being a sniper, that's and it wasn't that his his main eye, his um, his his dominant eye. No, was it, was, it was it was it was uh yeah, it was his main eye, and yeah. and what made it and what made it funny was the only reason why. Ali beat him was because he noticed that he couldn't block anything on his oh, right side. God dang it, that's right. Yeah. So um, Ali ever the ever ever the fight detective, um, I got. Garad versus Karas from Gundam X. Um, the two fights. Oh, the, the, the Garrett beatdown? Yeah, the Garrett. First, Garrett gets beat down, and then. And then his, re- his retribution at his, the end. His yeah. retribution at the end, but the best part about it is um, Jamil Neat coaches him yeah. into winning that fight and te- teaches him how to take on a new type as a normal human being. That's a significant Showing that in Gundam. the new types really don't have, a, a, have a, a step on you. You just need to know what you. You know, you need to know your suit and know what to do. Every fighter has tails, and he yeah. showed him how to how to how to see them and how to yeah, uh, to work awesome. with those. Bernie versus Christina and Gundam um, <laughs> Double O Eighty. Kind of one sided, but the Burger okay. King fight right there. Boy. The Burger King fight. <laughs> Flame broiled. I'm sorry, Bernie, but um, of course, uh, 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 the other ones we said, and the one the most important fight out of all of these, and it was mm-hmm. quick. 
Cots versus the asteroid. That's right. <laughs> was that really a fight? It was significant. It was it was significant. Three seconds in Gundam. I guess yes. some honorable mentions I would have it would be um, the Romba Raw, the series of Romba Raw ones that he had with Armoro. Oh, yeah. uh, not arc. only not only just the final battle he had with mm-hmm. him, but the whole thing. Even when he was like, "This is no Ozaku boy." <laughs> And to you the know, point where just, they rated the white base too. Yeah, I, was, I mean, just just the whole fact that this guy really effed with Armro's mind. Mm-hmm. Where yeah, the goof was an advanced suit, but it wasn't on par with the Gundam. And Rambaral, because of what he had and, and and the ingenuity and the experience he had, you know, he basically almost took out the um, the Gundam. True. And um, you know, so that that was. Um, you know that was definitely uh, definitely a great uh, battle there. Um, and and Amaru grew as a character after that fight, too. Yeah. Especially um, even in the aftermath when um, when uh, Haman, uh, Rambaral's wife, took them on, and 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 they lost Haman. move. Haman, I got yeah. Haman, not Haman. Of course, Haman is uh, Zeta Gundam, but um, Haman ha- Haman Crawley. Yeah, when she um, was re- she her attack on the white base resulted in uh, Ryu's death and. You know, the whole thing was shocking, but he learned a lot from that, and so did the rest of the White Base crew. And it's a significant moment in Mobile Suit Gundam as well. Um, some of the other ones would be when Jibidi fought uh, Domon. Oh, yeah. That was a cool fight, um, you know, because a lot of it was America versus Japan. That's but, right. <laughs> you know, the, the other thing about it was because of really, I think, of all the Shuffle Alliance, Jibidi was the most animated and really kind of worked to be the best that he was. I mean, yeah. he might not have been the most talented and in some ways probably didn't even have the best suit that the other guys had, but he just, you know, he was just crafty. You know, he's that crafty veteran in the boxing ring, and, and, and that's, you know, kind of, um, you know, what he had there. Uh, I'd have to second your, you know, your things of uh, of uh, Setsna and Graham yeah. and Double O, um, Lock on Versali, and... Um, you know, in Double O, that was that was another uh, definitely a great fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the first fights I'd have to say, uh, you know, one of the first ones I, I like too was the first actual meeting between Armro and Shar. Oh, and you know, Shar's in the Red Zaku and Armro's in the Gundam, and it's just, you know, Shar. You, you at that point you knew what Shar was. You could tell what he was. But because the Gundam was just so more advanced than the Zaku, uh, you know, he held his own. Mm-hmm. But he, even he was, like, questioning, hey, you know, I know what my ability is, but this thing is starting to make me question my own ability. And, and I, I always thought that that's one of the more standout things and, and one of the more underrated things when it comes to uh, first Gundam. So, uh, but... um what would be your number one? I think we share the same number one, actually. What's that? Um, and it, it You'd be surprised. Back, it harkens back to um, Amaru versus Shar at the end of uh, Mobile Suit Gundam. Although they had pretty good clashes throughout the years um, where you know, they worked together in Zeta and they fought again in Shar's counterattack. I think that when it comes to the even the history of anime, this is one of the best clashes to happen at the end of a series. I mean, you know, the, not oh, only definitely. did the... Not only was uh, the battle of Baoku the definitive battle that won the one-year war for the Federation, but you know this is Shar and Amaro at their at their wits' end. You know they're they're gunning for each other. You know they're both still fuming over the death of Lala, 
and um, you know they're they're stopping at nothing to kill each other. They're pulling yeah. out all sorts of the tricks. The hatred is there. Oh, the hatred is there. The the passion behind that fight is 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 one of the things that that that, that makes that fight completely and what makes that and what makes that fight so great is mm-hmm. because of, especially when you watch like the movie version at this point you actually feel more sympathy towards Char. Yeah. Because Char is the more sympathetic character than Armuro mm-hmm. because of all the things that he went through. And just by the way he is, I mean, even even the stuff that he did when he sent the gold over to Sela, it's like, you know, and it's like what Lala said, you know, he is, he's not what you think. He's yeah. not a, he's not a monster that you think. And, and yeah, I'd have to say that. Even though, even though Shaw was on a downward spiral, spiral towards the end of yeah. that show, I look at him as the victor of that fight. Oh yeah, he he actually his last move actually disabled the gun well, he, entirely. He because of that fight, he yeah. achieved his goal of wiping out the zombies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he won big Maneva, uh, <laughs> but you know he never had an issue. Mm-hmm. And that's when the one of the the more honorable things you always got to see about uh, Shaw is. He hated the zombies, but he was not going to take anything out on a uh, on a newborn baby. Yeah, wasn't that baby's fault that it was born that way? I was, I, I, and you know, as we saw in Zeta, of course, he tried to make sure that she didn't end up becoming what her relatives what her were. Relatives were. Yeah. He, he helped her get the helped her um not follow that same path. Um, Shar also at the aftermath of that fight has the greatest headshot of all time. Oh yeah! Oh my God! He used a bazooka to completely decapitate. That was a gold trophy. Woo! In the, in the PS3 world, that'd be a, a, a fifty point, uh, fifty point gamer thing in the Xbox. Man. I think X- yeah. Xbox, Xbox man, I'll give him a thousand points for that shot. Yeah, I man. guess. Yeah, what a hell of a shot, man! Call of Duty veterans trying to get that shot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, he he got he got his revenge in full, and um, you know it's it's it, it 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 everything came to a head. I mean, for a series that um that got its episode run cut short, yeah, it, they made for a spectacular ending, and it just goes to show that um, Yoshiyuki Tomino can write a uh, a, a knockdown dragout ending most of the time, if not all the time, when he makes a series. You know, the two characters are duking it out, and it's going to be vicious towards the end. Most of the uh, in most of his shows, especially in his older ones, sometimes nobody survives. But I'm glad to see people did survive this one. <laughs> well, I got to say this: mm-hmm. you got zapped because uh-huh. we do not have the first. We do not. We're not agreeing on number no. one. <laughs> no. We are not agreeing. As much as I love that final battle, mm-hmm. when I was really kind of thinking of this, when we when you uh, you know told us said about this topic. I really thought about it, and I, I still, when it comes to First Gundam, I still love the raw intensity of the first battle between them. Oh. But my number one, mm-hmm. and it took me, I, I took a while to really look at this, and I'll kind of put in the context of the one that I did earlier when it came to the end of Gundam Seed. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a multi-episode battle, and you referenced it earlier. Okay. Uh, Master Asia. Oh. But I'm going to go from the point of... When he has to fight Kyoji in the Devil Gundam, oh, and wow. when he's got to fight his brother, and what makes that is just the raw intensity that he's been looking for his brother for, you know, for so long. He finally finds him. He's told that he has to kill his brother <laughs> because his brother, you know, it's the only way to defeat the Devil Gundam. Mm-hmm. And then next episode, he's got to sit there and fight. The defending Gundam fight champion, yeah, who's on his game, and the only family he has left. 
like the only person alive left that he considers family because his, his mother and father are dead. He no, just his killed father's his brother. Not dead. His, remember, his father's in cryogenic stasis at oh, that point. Oh, that's right. Man. Yeah, he, he because I'm slipping. Remember the whole thing. Yeah, you know, <laughs> let's just let's just go on that. Remember, yeah. because of what ha- what Kyoji did with the devil gun, it mm-hmm. got his father convicted of that thing. He was in cryogenic. That's state. right. Because the father, his father's at the end of the show. That's right. But I mean, the fact that he has to sit there. And, you know, that that whole, I think, what, it's episode 45 that he fights Master Asia. It's yeah. 44 when he fights his, his brother. brother. And when he's sitting there and he has to do his ultimate attack, mm-hmm. and he fires the fireball, <laughs> and you see his, it hits his brother, and you see the black outline, and it fades away. And it's just like, oh, my God. And then next episode, it's Master Asia. I mean, it's like, whoa. As much as any of the other Gundam fighters had to go through with the loss, mm-hmm. you never saw it where it was that personal. Okay, friends, girlfriends, whatever, that's one thing. But it was his blood. He had to kill his own blood yeah. to get to Master Asia. God dang. Thinking that Master Asia was the evil bastard and then finding that Master Asia once. I mean, that whole sequence there and you know you guys can say what you want i know it's not one continuous fight but it's a series of that i just that is just i i see it as just a uh you know one big thing and it's just so intense and it's like oh my god i i mean it's it still leaves an impression with me now it's like the last shot of that episode gets me that's where i teared up was when that music was going and he held him in his arms yeah, and, and they said their um their mantra together oh. at the very end. Oh, him and Master Asia, him yeah. and Master Asia, and then the um the Japanese uh, kanji comes up on the screen like a kung fu film. But, but the thing about it is, Man. I mean, what people <laughs> tend to forget about that is like the episode before he has to kill his his brother, yeah, and he's got to jump in and fight the guy who's his dad, his <laughs> his second father, who he thinks is evil, who's yeah. not, and it's just like, oh man, you know, yeah. this is just. I mean, you really can't. It, it's you, you it's find, one of the it's one of those kind of scenes and fight sequences that mm-hmm. I don't care if it's animated or not. You just sit there and you're like, "Whoa!" This is you feel the intensity and the emotion, and that's mm-hmm. what you always should feel they, in some of this stuff. They did a great job humanizing Master Asia in that episode yeah. too, because you find out that you know after the Gundam fight that he won. The earth was laid in waste, and he yeah. saw all the damage. For the first time, he saw all the damage that he did. And he, he cried. And he cried, and he didn't want that to happen again. He wanted to stop the Gundam fight altogether. And by using the Devil Gundam, he thought that that would actually help the earth to, to heal up and that, you know, mankind has to go because all we're ever going to do is lay waste the planet. You know, he was he was a, he was the world's greatest um, hippie, but, you know, <laughs> he, he his intentions were good. They were just misguided because the earth... Yeah, as Domon tried to express to him, the Earth can't go on without human beings. Well, Master Asia, he ended up having the the flaw that everyone ends up having. Yeah. He thinks that he, based on as powerful as he got, he felt he could do it all. Yeah. And he couldn't. And and that's when he has the the thing with... you know the heart to heart with Domon at the end of the um, at the end of that episode. Mm-hmm. That's when he realizes that you know, yeah, I was a bastard, and I was doing all this, but I should have probably included Domon because it would have been, um, you know, definitely a lot easier to do. But but to me, as 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 all the Gundam that I've seen, it's like that one still lays the biggest impression on me because yeah. it's just you know people can say what they want about G Gundam and but it, it's just. 
that thing, that, that, that the whole sequence from, you know, having to deal with Kyo. I mean, because let's not forget that whole thing when when Domon's got to fight the Shuffle Alliance and, you know, and all the way to Master Asia mm-hmm. at the end. That was one fight after another. Jesus, man. It wasn't, you know, we have a break or whatever. So nope, it that's, was, that's what the, gets me. In the course of the same day. Yeah. Like right afterwards. There was no no rest for the man. Exactly. And um yeah, it was like it was it was not only a psychological and emotional battle but battle, but also a physical strain on both of them. And um of course another I guess another factor of the fight was um Master Asia was dying too. Yeah. Of um I guess of the G the No, he the, never had DG cells. He never had DG remember, cells, he, but he, oh, yeah, that's he right. shows he his chest, and he never had them. Never had them, but he, he was just, just an old man. He was just an old man, and he yeah. knew, he knew that he was he didn't have long to live, and he wanted to do something that would help um help the planet, you know, to recover from all the damage done from all the wars. Um, I guess an epilogue to that fight, of course, and I meant to mention this in my um in my um uh, honorable mentions is uh the love love attack at the end of the show between um yeah Domon and um. And, and rain versus the, the remains of the it, devil Gundam. The, the only problem with that, though, it, it's great. It's great visually and everything. Yeah. But you didn't have the attachment because, you know, up until that point, and I'm not crapping on what you said. But no, it's no, just, no. It's just the thing of when you got the whole thing because, you know, at the point you get to know Schwartz, mm-hmm. who you thought was Kyoji. You kind of feel like you know Kyoji, and at that point you knew Master Asia. Yeah. And then it was just like. But that was a it was a great visually attack. Yeah. I mean, I will say that's yeah, one of my favorites. The 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 last five episodes seems like an epilogue to me, and it has it has significance because um, it's got that that romance at the end, and probably one of the most well, fully it's realized the love, romances. It's the love conquers all thing, yeah. and it you know and that was, was showing mm-hmm. that Domon got out of his blockhead syndrome. <laughs> exactly, I mean. and it also shows that you don't need violence to win a fight. As no. opposed, to, you can get through to someone with. With, with with love as opposed to to fisticuffs and it made it put a bow in that series that that, that makes it for me it makes it stand Even out. Even though fisticuffs are fun, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. I.e. the Master Asia and yeah. Domon fight, <laughs> heavy kick, right kick, left kick, whatever. Exactly. But um, all right. Well, that was our top five fave battles of Gundam. Mm-hmm. And Chris, anything? Troll, anything? Okay. Well, we'll be back in a little bit. You're listening to Gundam at MHQ. End of discussion! Debate is over. You will write a formal apology. I will what? A formal apology. You will kowtow. You will step and fetch. Frank, if you think you can Get take me... Get used to it. It's the way of the world. If you're so hot on discipline, then Gundam it. Start by accepting mine. Because contrary to popular opinion, I'm the head in charge. Come on, let's get something to eat. You really think you're bad, don't you? Hi, I'm Mitsugi. And I'm Hatake. And we're the hosts of Anime Addicts Anonymous Podcast, aaapodcast.com. Listen up, anime fans. Do you find yourself spending tons of money on anime DVDs and merchandise? Wishing you drove a Gundam to work instead of your car? Singing J-pop music in the shower? If you do any of these things, you might be an anime addict. At the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast, we have one mission, to turn your anime addiction into an obsession. We entertain our listeners with current anime news, celebrity guest hosts, hilarious discussion topics, and fair, unbiased review on current and past anime. Here are a few testimonials. I used to be a total anime noob. 
Now I know so much about anime that I can say. Spike was caught riding on a Tachkoma eating Poppy wearing a Hidden Leaf Village headband while looking at a foldout of Revy in a Death Note. And know exactly what that means. Now that I listen to the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast, I never have to watch a bad anime again. They watch them, so I don't. So visit us at aaapodcast.com and submit anime review requests on our forum and tune in on iTunes so you can always have the latest in news and reviews. So get obsessed with Anime Addicts at the AAA. And remember, we're here for you. Who shot you in the ass? Who? That who will be you. Me? I shot you? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, was, I was shooting. Yeah, I, was, I did a lot of shooting. I mean, but I, I, I ain't saying I shot you in the ass. I mean, I, I ain't saying I didn't shoot you. But gun Damn! Somebody shot you in the ass! Tell me about it. Alright everyone, welcome back to Gundam at MHQ. You are listening to episode 53. And in this episode, we talked about the one of the most wonderful animated movies of the 80s, uh, Transformers the movie. And uh, then we did a topic that it, it, it's it's kind of like Chris repellent <laughs> a top five topic of some of uh, our top five fave um, Gundam battles and um, you know of course in this episode I was joined with Soul Bro hey. and Troll <laughs> and Chris their spirits are there see if, if, you, if you play it backwards you'll hear them um <laughs> But uh, we're going to be ending this episode, but before I go, uh, Soulbro has some uh, some of Soulbro sentiments right now, because some sad things have happened in the Soulbro world. Hey, Soulbro, hit us with your sadness. Looks, looks like looks like a week can't go by before someone that um, was influential on me passes away. Um, just like to give a real uh, real quick um, uh, 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 shout sayonara. out, sayonara, <laughs> to um, one of my favorite heroes in music. Um, Keith Elam, better known as a guru of Gangstar, the the duo of uh, Guru and Premier, is a hip hop duo that um, came into uh, came into notoriety in the early '90s during the golden age of hip hop. And um, Guru just recently passed away from um, cancer. He was actually in a, a coma for a month before he passed away. And um, I grew up listening to their albums, uh, Step in the Arena, um, No More Mr. Nice Guy. And you know, I, I love their yeah, albums. I think that was an Alice next. Cooper song, though. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 yeah. <laughs> so they remade Alice Cooper. Hey man, they, uh, oh, that's that, awesome. Oh, hey, they didn't so I didn't much know remake that. It I'm, as, I'm saying that. I'm like, okay, I didn't know that they remade No More Mister Nice Guy. <laughs> well, they, they um they did their own spin on it, let's say. But um, uh, of course, hard to earn. But they did so many. Did they didn't make albums. any like Megadeth or anything. No, sadly, no. Oh, damn no. But um. And then Guru also went off and did his own thing. He brought a lot of, uh, he, he brought the world of hip hop and jazz together in, um, albums called Jazzmatazz. And he's been on the, he's been in the, in the scene for so many years. And he's an awesome lyricist. He's known for his monotone voice. The actual name of our show, Flip the Script, I'd actually sample of our old podcast, Flip the Script. I sampled his voice as the person saying Flip the Script in a song that's actually from Gangster called Flip the Script. So, um, you know, are you giving away all these secrets? I'm giving away all these trade Uh. secrets, but no, I I also, um, I, 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 to me, he was a legend and I'm sad to see him go. If you have never heard him before, 
are if you've never seen an AMV with his music in it. Um, I made an AMV a couple years ago called Credit It's Due, and it's actually the Mobile Suit Gundam. And not only am I paying homage to Gangstar because credit is due to them, but also to Mobile Suit Gundam because it's one of those um, animes a lot of people have heard about but never watched. And I made the AMV to try to introduce you know that show to other people as well. And it's on YouTube. If you go and find my channel, which is youtubecom Ryu. All one word. Watch that and Bernie's Lament. And watch that and then Bernie's Lament and then just be <laughs> horrified at both. But, um, you know, a lot of people don't think hip-hop... Enjoy, enjoy one and be horrified by, <laughs> by the other. Oh, my God. <laughs> a lot of people don't think hip-hop and uh, anime go well together, but I, I did. I tried my best to make that happen. And it's been pretty Are they well like received. chocolate and milk? <laughs> or oil and water? <laughs> well, no, chocolate oh, and chocolate, milk goes chocolate, together. Chocolate and milk well, water go, doesn't. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, some people see it as oil and water, but I tried to, my best to make it chocolate and milk. Hey, everything can't be death metal. <laughs> or, or, or Japanese um, Japanese J-pop. Yeah. Or J, I should just say J-pop. Even though I want that um, that that guy that does, uh, what the, uh, Shinichiro Watanabe, the guy mm-hmm. that did... Uh, Samurai Shampoo and, and all that. Cowboy Bebop. I think his next musical-based thing should be like wizard metal. Oh. <laughs> I've been thinking about that. I think that would be awesome if he based his next episode or his next series on wizard metal. Nice. You know, that would be cool. Power ballads for everybody. Power ballads, powered cores, and, you know, Pegasus driving down from the mountain. Golem making his final stand. Nice. Yes. Nice. Led Zeppelin would be proud. Well, actually, not Led Zeppelin. But, hey, um, Zeppelin started that. Hey, Zeppelin did, boy. Yeah. They did. They lit the fuse yeah. on that, son. <laughs> Anybody ever seen The Song Remains the Same? That's all wizard rock in the... Yes, it is. I finally saw that, by the way. <laughs> that is ever so true. Yeah. But um, other than that, um, I just have the, the, the website you should check out. Um, by all means, go to uh, www.mahq.net, the, the Mecha and Anime Headquarters. The all-new www.mahq.net. Just the first page. Yeah. <laughs> if you hate the first page so much, you can go to the second page, and it's not... Not as bad. It's it, it's it's being renovated as we speak. Dale's working hard <laughs> to get that going, and so is Chris. And um, also Gundam.net for um, information on this episode as well as others um, that we put it put out. Um, Mechatalk.net, the official forum for MAHQ, and um, you can find Gundam's official forum there as well. And you can find us on Facebook, iTunes, Zoom, MySpace, Spill.com, and other places. And you can reach us by email by going to GundamMAHQ at gmail.com. And lastly, you can peep our tweets at www.twitter.com slash M-A-H-Q-D-O-T-N-E-T. And um, that's it for me, man. I'm out. Always remember, all Mm -hmm. petitions... And Soulboro Guarantees, SBR at MHQ.com. <laughs> or at M- SBRMHQ at gmail.com. I'm sorry. About That's that. right. That's right. So, all, all is all about the petition. Crush my high hopes. Yes. Crush them. And <laughs> if there's a guarantee that needs to be made, he will make it. Well, other than that, rest in peace, Guru, and I pass the mic to you. Well, on behalf of uh, Soulboro and myself and Chris and Troll, um, <laughs> we just want to bid you guys adieu, and we will see you back in a few weeks for episode 54 just like Solberg said mm-hmm. always visit us on the Mecha Talk forums and uh, we will see you in a few talk to you later the ship will re-enter Earth's atmosphere in 8 minutes launch now Gundam slow down those Zakus just watch your altitude otherwise you'll burn up in the atmosphere how am I going to watch my altitude when I'm fighting four Zeon Zakus? I know you can do it, Amaro. Uh, 
way over my head. Gundam at MHQ is a Shinjuku station in MHQ production. But also in the land of Hollywood lives a man named Joss. Joss is one of the most influential men in the West and stands for strong, deeply emotional female characters who are smoking hot and could kick your ass. Firefly was awesome. Dollhouse was pretty good too. I didn't watch much of Angel, but I'm sure it wasn't bad. It's totally in my Netflix queue, but that's because my girlfriend thinks David Boreanaz is hot. She even started TiVoing Bones, and at first I was like, what the F? But it's actually kind of watchable. Anyway, Joss's shows were cancelled. But Joss isn't asking for money, Joss doesn't need it. Because Joss Whedon doesn't suck. So without any permission whatsoever, we have established Restore Joss Whedon and his smoking hot ass kicking chicks.org. Our mission is to see more episodes of Firefly, Dollhouse, and possibly a Serenity sequel. Actually, it should be a prequel, because Alan Tudyk is awesome, and we never really got to know the backstory of Shepard Book, and they both died in that movie. Swobble! I totally spoiled that for some of you, didn't I? My bad. <laughs>